Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. In my last podcast, I talked about doing a podcast live from my Halloween destination. There were some problems afoot, and I could not do that, but I promise I will do a live scary-oriented, if that's what people would like. I'm moving around because I'm dealing with a cat. Okay, I promise I will do another live podcast sometime in the future. Today, what I would like to do is another oral weave. There is a podcast called Oral Weave that was done many moons ago. I haven't done this prompt with myself for a long time. It's a good way to get creative juices flowing. So if you're a writer or any type of artist, really, uh, I feel like this kind of prompt can really help get things moving. I used this prompt in my creative writing classes with good results. The students seem to love it. I use it for myself. And it's fun to do. Even if you're not an artist, it's just fun to do, to see where your train of thought goes when you combine certain concepts and words. It's kind of like a free association. Um, So I did the free association right before I started recording, and I'm going to share it with you now. This is my second oral weave. I highly recommend that everyone do this at some point to see what kind of ideas burble up out of your, mm, I wouldn't say it's your unconsciousness, but it's probably the consciousness that is less on point. The words that were given to me were blanket, fly, and paper. Here is the oral weave that came out of that trio. I had a blanket when I was young. Lots of people did. I feel like maybe that's not so popular anymore, giving kids a blanket for security. And what I don't see now are kids carrying around blankets. But in my day, kids did carry their blankets with them everywhere to the store, even to school. So I had a blanket, affectionately named Blanky. Um, And I remember when I was four years old, I took my blanket and I was going down my backyard, which had a pretty steep incline, to 
the neighbors. The neighbors were the Jaegers. For so many years in my life, I thought that Chuck Jaeger, my neighbor, was the Chuck Jaeger, the fast driver. Boy, did he fly. So there was a big mud pit for some reason. It must have been spring, I'm going to guess, in between our yards. And I, being the adventurer that I was, tried to walk across the mud pit. I probably had heard in church about Jesus walking across the water. Anyway, I made it about four steps into this mud pit and my shoes and socks got sucked into the suction of the mud. Down they went. I watched them. And while I was trying to somehow joggle myself and get my balance, my blanket, my blankie, also fell into the mud pit. By that time, my blankie was just probably four inches by six inches, a little square piece of worn cloth that I would carry and rub against my face. I remember one of my siblings saying, thank God that's gone. They were much older than me. I think they had blankets, but they were well past the blanket stage. I think I felt guilt. And I, that has to be one of the first times I felt guilt in my life because I thought, how am I going to explain why I stepped in the mud and my shoes and my socks are gone? How am I going to get a new pair of shoes? Out of five children in my family, I am the only child that did not have some amount of guilt over my father's suicide. Why? Well, I can tell you the story of their guilt in non-specific shortened versions. One of them had just eloped with someone that my parents did not approve of. One of them had just spent a whole bunch of money to no good use. One of them had pushed the beds together with the same-sex roommate, and my parents had found out about this predilection. And one of them had recently gotten pregnant. So all of these reasons made for guilt blankets over all of my siblings that lasted, some of them, I think it still is there today. I do not believe that any of those events paid any amount to the bank of sadness that my father had when he took his own life. But I think they are covered in this, this feeling, many of them. I was nine years old, and I was the apple of my father's eye. So I did nothing like they did nothing. My dad was a pilot. He loved to fly. 
He was a pilot in the Air Force. And then he leased a little Piper Cub um, after he was out of the service, after World War II. I loved flying with my father. He would do funny things when he fly, flew, flew us. He would uh, pretend that the plane was out of gas and go, oh, no, we're out of gas. And then he would start to let the plane just go, kah, 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 and actually, you know, start to stall. And we would start to tumble out of the sky. And then at the what seemed like the very last moment, he would say, oh, look more gas. And he would pull the choke and the engine would start up again. And then we go whoosh. But it always seemed to me that we were going to hit the ground. I remember one time he took me flying and it was just me. Somehow, several people fit in this Piper Cub. I know my mom was in there and me and two siblings. We must have been small people then. Boy, all could fit under a blanket. But it was just me and my dad. And I remember telling him, I have to go to the bathroom. And he said, you will have to pee in this bottle. That is exactly what pilots do. It's interesting trivia, don't you think? I have a poem about a fly, a pesky fly. I call the pesky fly roommate from another world. It's a poem that works both on literal and figurative levels. Of course, this poem was written on a piece of paper. I remember when I was a kid, people used to roll up newspapers and smash flies. I didn't care too much about flies being killed then. I surely do now. I haven't studied Buddhism in any kind of complex way, but I know that I grieve whenever any small living entity is destroyed. What I found out from people smashing flies with newspapers is that they have red blood. Did you know there are that flies have red blood? They do. I was thinking about newspapers the other day because we were talking about movie listings. A friend and I were talking, and we talked about how there used to be in the newspaper, the daily newspaper, a movie page. And movies, production companies, or cinemas would choose to take out ads on the movie page. So you could see a quarter page ad, for example, for The Exorcist playing, blah, blah, blah. So cool when I thought about that because it was like movie posters um, put into another size and put in the newspaper. Kids rarely think about newspapers these days. But boy, it was really something in my house. My mother read the newspaper every day from cover to cover. When I was young, when I lived with my mother, I lived in the snow belt. So that's where I grew up. A cool thing about being in the snow belt, so you get lots of snow, feet and feet of snow. I had many um, excused school days, right? Snow days where you didn't have to go to school. The thing that's cool about snow belt snow 
is it's not wet. It's very dry snow. Not good for snowballs. However, really good for walking out into the snow without any shoes on. You could do that and your feet would not get cold nor wet. I like origami. I used to like those little, I'm dealing with a cat again. I used to like those little um, birds that would, people would make. I would try to do that. I'm not a very good paper folder, but I do love white, white paper. I used to love going to take math tests with the sharpest pencils I could find. And I love writing to this day with my hand on paper instead of typing up um, documents or poetry or fiction. And I used to tell my students, it's good to write with your hand. A different kind of synapse opens up in your brain if you use pen and paper. That A synapse that does not open up if you type on a keyboard. Boy, I love that white, white paper they used to give to us for math tests. I wonder if there's a racial bias in that preference. Hmm. I'm sure somebody is writing a paper on that. I almost learned how to fly. My dad told me he was going to teach me how to fly. And then he died. Then I wanted to learn to fly a little bit when I was in my 20s and get my pilot's license, but I didn't do it. But I did drugs instead. So I did fly in a different kind of way. I did end up in the hospital one time after a drug binge. When I left, the little piece of paper that the doctor gave me said that I had had an infarction. They did not know when I had it, but I had had a heart attack. Wow! That piece of paper shot me. When you're in the hospital, I love it when nurses come up to you and put on nice warm blankets. They keep them in some kind of heated incubator. So I didn't learn how to fly in an airplane, but I fly in the car. I love to drive fast. I do many things quickly, some of which are probably not so smart. I used to try to get under the blanket really quickly with a date. <laughs> the paper that I was writing on to jot down this weave is almost full. Will I write poetry again? I would like to leave this podcast with my poem about the pesky fly. Write a poem today. Write something creative today. Think about this poem. Can you figure out how it's literal and how it's metaphorical? Rumors. Oh, pesky fly. I guess now I see we will live together forever. You'll go on placing crazy 
tilted halos on my head. Go on working the zigzag room like a loom, your insignificance, throwing mountains at my wall. You squeezed in to run my brain and room down like a racetrack in spring. At first, you crashed into my eardrum set, then wore me out trying to swat you down. Now you've settled into the hush of my dust, just another sometimes raging allergy to carry around. How I challenged your beginnings. Small black debacle popped from March's wet head. How I investigated, spied on your blue sectioned tail, knocking headfirst on my inside-out window. By April, I'd hope you'd freeze or disappear. By June, I knew you were not just passing through, that we would watch each other rub elbows in horrific places and smear our multifaceted faces all summer. You imposed your freakish weight on my show. A bully on a trampoline, you annoyingly return, 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 and never go. We've been seen dragging in sequence our subsequent feet through the mud. We're inseparable now, invisible, side by side for our common tongue. Oh, pesky fly. Roommate from another world, you opened an apocalypse of sky where no one and nothing can defend itself. You broke from the heart of my dead girl's mouth. For that, you stay. A twisted black knot of yesterday's scrap that will not be unwound. Thanks for listening to Today's Weave. Keep thinking. She's got no lessons planned for me because she's not that fancy. She's a professor forever. Professor.